You're listening to The Building Code. I'm Tom Houghton. I'm Paul Worth. Joining us on this episode of The Building Code, we have our director of product, Eric Fisher, and we're going to talk about all things Builder Trend product related in a Builder Trend spotlight. And we'll dive into that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity we have called Builder Trend University on the Road. We're calling it BTU on the Road for short. This will be taking place in Dallas, Texas on October 3rd, 2019. It's a one day event for you and your team to learn more and how to optimize your usage of Builder Trend. So make sure you sign up for Builder Trend University if you want to continue to grow your business. Today we have a Builder Trend Spotlight. We are joined by our very own Director of Product, Eric Fisher. Hey, Eric. Hey, Tom. How's it going? It's going great. What is what is the Builder Trend Spotlight? Builder Trend Spotlight is where we take an episode of our beloved podcast and dedicate it to diving deeper into the world behind the curtain of Builder Trend. I see. We did this with Scott Siegert recently. We did. Fantastic episode. If you haven't checked it out, it's episode 22. It's a great episode. It was a great one. Had fun. Happy to have Eric here Thanks, representing Paul. our product and uh, engineering division. Thank you. Build the Trend set up uh, structurally behind the scenes in three major departments with a bunch of other supporting departments that are critical to operations. We would put Eric's under engineering. So just for simplicity's sake, they build our software that you guys use every day. Yeah. And the product team's really devoted to making Build a Trend better. This is, they're the core drivers of that, I would say. Definitely. Uh, that's our main focus is listening to customers and making sure that the product that we put out in front of them is allowing them to, number one, take care of all their needs on job sites, back office, but also uh, moving forward and kind of keeping uh, sites on the industry and making sure that new tech and things of that form are also available for our customers as they become online and come available for them. That's awesome. We talk about this a lot. We don't have people that are in construction day to day here at Builder Trend. So the only way we can improve our product is by listening to our clients. Yeah. And we're introducing a new way to do that today, right? That's correct. Is that right? Yeah. We're did I let that out of the bag too? You early? did. I mean, we're going to tease it at the end. Like, hey, stay tuned to the end. But why not just do it now? Well, you're from Hollywood. You, I'll take your advice. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Well, we'll tease it now that you're going to have an opportunity to not only give feedback on the product. Of course, we're going to talk about that. But also on the podcast, we're going to tell you the details of a new way to contact us to share your feedback and then also throw out questions to our guests. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast and we'll talk more about that. But first, let's talk about customer feedback. Why is it so important to our team? Our customer feedback is the lifeline. Obviously, number one, it's who's the end user of our software. But they're also the ones that have an idea of what, it, what needs to happen on their projects that we can facilitate more efficiently for them? Uh, what are the pain points or issues that they come up uh, across time after time uh, on job sites or in the office? And our job is to listen to those concerns and you know, take them and find solutions that we can make a opportunity and build a trend to facilitate each of those options and really um, make it very intuitive for our users also. And, you know, the end goal with build a trend is to provide a program that allows our businesses to number one, scale into it. So as they begin using it, they can pick out what they want to use within there, but also grow into the software and have it accommodate that growth while making it intuitive for everybody in their entire company to be able to use build a trend, you know, not just the owner or the office administrators, but really the field guys to the supervisors, the project managers, uh, even to the subcontractors and owners on job sites. So, you know, not only creating new functionality and kind of staying with the industry, but also making it, you know, easy. And then at the end of the day, impactful as far as the insights that we can glean from that information that we've got. Fantastic. One of those key pieces of the puzzle that you talked about was kind of the user experience. We actually have a team inside the product team itself 
that's dedicated to that. Could you share a little bit of the details of that? Yeah, so we've got a team of six on our UX team here. And really their job is to vet ideas prior to us even building anything and sending it over to our developers. They'll put together uh, prototypes or wireframes as we'll call them. And they'll put those in front of our, our customers or they'll also put them in front of people who are not Builder Trend customers just to vet the intuitiveness of that feature, uh, but also to make sure that the workflow and kind of the, the end result that we're going for on each of these uh, new features or enhancements are hitting the mark and really resonating with each of our users. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think people, people assume that the problems are obvious and they're really not in our industry because not only within construction do we serve four main segments being residential home building remodeling specialty contracting which can is an array of businesses and then commercial even within those segments one user's problem could be could be another user's problem but they could be completely different what i mean by that is like if i want to fix bids how, how they would fix it for them could be a completely different story for the guy next to them because they run their business differently. So it's just a very complicated world where you want to make sure nothing gets lost in communication, translation from the problem to the solution we're trying to provide. So we go out there and re research and make sure we completely understand what they're trying to accomplish and then deliver the right result. Is that fair? Yeah, it's 100%. And, you know, the thing with the construction industry, like you said, Paul, you know, there's a million different ways to handle each uh, function within the business. So, you know, you talked about bidding, but really estimating is one that we're looking into right now and, you know, rewriting or making our estimating tool better. And you go out and you talk to our customers and everybody does it different. There's not mm -hmm. one standard process for how to handle that. So really, um, it's a very complex problem, but it's also at the end of the day, understanding who we are in the market and what we want to facilitate for each of our users. So um, taking that into context and then also, um, you know, making sure that as we talk to these customers, what's kind of the, the foundation that all of them are bringing back as far as that feedback and making sure that we appease those needs rather than trying to go down every little road that we could. And really, you know, at the end of the day, maybe you don't meet anybody's needs because you try to be so specific with the functionality that um, we're trying to make sure that we've got a lot of research feedback in there. And then uh, we facilitate the areas that we excel at here in Build-A-Trend, which is communication, you know, getting those bids out, getting selections made against the allowance um, and getting the formatted estimate or proposal out to those customers. So just another example of how something seems easy up front. And as soon as you start mm -hmm. digging into it, it really gets complex and you start seeing all the different use cases for it. Yeah, we can't be everything to everybody. I mean, we try. When we try. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's move on to that. We talked a little bit about how all this comes together. So you guys have created this product life cycle. Is that what you call it? Yeah, our product life cycle. So yeah. everywhere from when we're exploring it to when we start designing it in product to when it's actually being built by our developers. So um, throughout that, I mean, really, it starts up front with all of our different feedback channels. So uh, you guys mentioned our new feedback channel that we've got right in program, user voice. Um, we've also got our CSMs or our customer success staff who's constantly talking to customers, passing ideas up that are being brought up on trainings or phone calls coming in. And then we've also got our competitive analysts who are always looking at what's in the industry, what new tech is coming out, and making sure that we're vetting those things. So a large part of that goes into exploring. And like Paul said, when we're exploring, we're making sure that we understand uh, the true root of the problem, make sure we get the pain point that our users are going through. And then after that, we'll prioritize those against 
Um, number one, what is business impact? So how important is that functionality to a end user or company? And then how complex is it going to be for us to, number one, break it down from a product point of view, but then also how complex is it going to be on the back end for our development team to build? So kind of all those characteristics are vetted up front. And then after we vet those, we prioritize, push them through. When it starts being designed, that's when it's passed to our product team. And our analysts actually start working on creating the documentation for uh, what permissions are going to need updated. What's it going to look like in program? It's also where our UX team starts to come into play as far as making sure that the workflows are very efficient and meeting our end users. And then as we develop that, we're working constantly with our development team of what tech is available. Is there anything that um, we're not aware of that maybe our developers who are very, you know, have their ear to the ground with that all the time can help us uh, maybe make that easier for end users with some new tech, uh, some different um, contexts in there. And then once it's passed over to development, that's where our release coordinators come into play and we actually get it over to the engineers who start building it and um, we're constantly updating the platform every day, but you'll see those updates. We'll kind of piece them out slowly and then we'll make the big splash once it's all the way developed and we'll push it out to our end users. So we've got a, a few exciting things that I think we'll talk about here at the end of the podcast today coming down the pipelines that have uh, all originated from our CS team and have worked their way all the way through that process to being developed here. I love new tech. Technology, Tom. That's me. That's why you work here. That, uh, there you go. That long process. Wow takes a lot it does there's a lot of moving parts in yeah. that i want to talk about the release cycle just because i think a lot of people don't understand that we're constantly updating the program like every day we're updating the program i think that's i mean it's a very unique release cycle could you speak to i mean the pressures of that i would say like would be one side of it but then also how that actually benefits the customer yeah so uh on the front end you know it's not always customer facing uh, releases that you're seeing going out every day. A lot of it may be, you know, health of the program, code health. It may be um, little updates as far as tool tips or updates of that form. So the everyday isn't something that's always noticed. A lot of it is to make sure that the program is optimized for um, efficiency as far as our users going in and interacting with it. But on the life cycle of those bigger releases, you know, you're not releasing and shipping the entire project at once. Um, you know, if we were to go down that road, you're really at harm of a lot of bugs or a lot of issues showing up. So we kind of piece those projects out as our development team is working through them. They're constantly publishing little pieces of it. So at the end, when we push out, um, you know, a cool QuickBooks Builder Trend integration piece, we're not pushing all the code at once. A lot of the code has been established. It's been vetted by our QA team to make sure that there's not any bugs in it. So by the time that that final release is pushed out and the go live is there, um, it's really been ironed out. So we have minimal impact for our end users as far as bugs, um, them showing up, um, having any sort of workflow issues or things like that. We'll work those out constantly throughout the development lifecycle. Uh, on the pressure side of things, yeah, it's always a constant flow to make Builder Trend bigger and better, um, make sure that what we've got in there is really optimized. And that's been the focus here recently is we've, we've got a lot of features. We've got a lot of functionality and a lot of width in the program. We want to make sure that we optimize those workflows and really for the end user, it's meeting all their needs as far as what data they need to input. But it's also intuitive, like I said earlier, um, making sure that the end users can comprehend it. It's, you know, the order of the prioritization of the information they're viewing is where it should be. And then at the end of the day, it really leads us down a road to um, at some point become a business intelligence tool also really glean insights from all these data points that we've got to surface issues for our customers before they become issues. So 
Um, as we keep developing, it, there's a ton of stuff that we can do. We've got plenty of stuff to work on in the platform, but there's also a ton of new technology. And then that, that business intelligence piece is, you know, really moves the needle for myself. And I think for us internally here at BT is, you know, gleaning insights for our customers before they have issues on jobs, before they even notice them, using the data that we've got inside of the platform to surface really cool visuals for them to uh, interact, dive in, and you know, meeting the needs and understanding the roles within that company also. Everywhere from you know, what's the owner of the company going to need? They're going to want a little bit more high-level information, be able to dig into that. Whereas you know, the field personnel are going to want more access into job-by-job uh, relations and kind of activities. So um, we've got some really cool things we can do. And yeah, there's always pressure, but the great thing about having a big program is there's a ton of stuff that you can make updates to and make better. And then there's also a lot of new functionality that we'd like to add here in the future too. Speaking of cool things, when are we going to see AR built into the Builder Trend app? Augmented reality for those of you who are not up on the tech lingo. What is augmented reality? Augmented reality is this new technology, uh, speaking of how much I love technology, right? Yeah. Um, that you can use your iPhone or Android. And like, so for example, mm-hmm. how we would implement this is, you know, we'd have selections and you could present those to your uh, customer, mm-hmm. to your client mm-hmm. and say, you need to pick your granite. Mm-hmm. And so then they use their iPhone in the Build-A-Trend app and they point it to a surface and they can see the different granite colors in like, basically in three dimensions, looking at their phone and it like overlays it on their current surface that whatever they're, you know, so you're, you're standing in front of a table and then you can overlay this granite or quartz or whatever pattern over that using augmented reality. Hmm. It's taking reality and augmenting it. Okay. See that? We'll get the augment definition of augment on the show notes. On the show notes. Um, so you would think like you're like, it, like, like if you're remodeling your home. Yeah. You can see the finished product through your phone. Yeah, like do, which which Kohler faucet do you want? Shout right, out to Kohler, yeah. by the way. So um, you like you can take like a picture of a room and then like place like a dinosaur in there or something, yeah. right? Yeah. In fact, IKEA That's is one of the people who have this built into their app. You can of course You were at IKEA this weekend. I, I just so happened to be at IKEA this weekend. But if I wasn't, I could open the app from my house and see if the couch that they're selling there fits in my space through my phone. What's the name of the couch? They have great names. Farfagnugan. Yeah, he made that one up, but they have good ones. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Eric, augmented reality. Sounds, <laughs> oh. like, sounds like Tom's been talking to Justin Rediger here. Oh, uh, yeah? Oh, yeah. There you go. So we actually have a uh, competitive analysis position who's been looking into augmented reality. Um, there's some cool stuff. I think it does apply a large part to the selection side of things. Um, down the road, yes. Is it, It's not something that we're currently working on at this point, but definitely something that we'd like to work towards. Um, I think it'd be great to be able to envision, you know, what is the room going to look like? Um, maybe different sizes of windows, like you were talking appliances, sinks, things of that form, and actually be able to bring it to um, where that customer can understand it in their own home. So there's a lot of stuff we can do there. I think another thing that comes down, not necessarily on the augmented reality side, but is, you know, taking pictures and measuring things, um, being able to bring back those quick wins that, you know, all of our contractors are going through on a daily basis and being able to facilitate things like that easier also. So um, some cool tech things that we can definitely do with the app uh, for our field use and then also some cool reporting things back here in the uh, for the full site version of it also. Nice. Uh, you had mentioned something about data, Eric, just there. And yeah. I think that's a theme within our business. And I think in a lot of small businesses is, you know, taking the information that you get while doing your job every day and using that, surfacing that to make better data driven decisions for your business. Right. What's really interesting. People don't know this, Tom, maybe you don't know this, 
This is for your information. Fun fact. Fun fact about Builder Trend. To date, we probably probably represent 20% of all construction in the United States. 20% is done under our platform. 800,000 users, $30 billion worth of projects have gone through our system. So my point being is that we have a lot of data about our clients, about the industry, and we're using that to better serve our clients. But we can take that to our clients as well, their world. If they do 100 projects in Builder Trend, there's some really key things that you can surface at the end of the year or quarter when you're looking at your, your projects. That's good. Reporting tab just came out for that one. So Shout out yeah. to the reporting tab. Reporting tab is super cool. But I mean, to Paul's point right there, I mean, kind of what we've got going on here internally with our data science team is you know, machine learning algorithms and you know, taking an idea or an, an ideal path towards developing a project, let's say, and they'll be able to show us and kind of what does that ideal path look like? Well, same thing with our customers on their job sites. You know, after they run these projects through and we have the data points, what does that great schedule look like for a project that we can display? What do potential issues look like as far as them not having certain things assigned or um, having improper connections with their predecessors in the Gantt chart? Um, things of that form that we'll be able to provide insights to and again, show issues before they become issues for those contractors. So I think there's a lot of stuff to do down there, but reporting is fantastic. And, you know, it's kind of phase one that we've got out right now. We're really looking to get into some work in progress reports, cash flow forecasting reports, things of that, that really help you assess the health of your business and understand where you stand at all points in time. That's awesome. We've gone from AR to AI and the machines are taking over everything now, apparently. Does that scare you? Uh, maybe. Depends on who's coding them, which, right. I mean, we've got a pretty talented engineering department. So. We've got a great team. How many people are in the engineering department? We've got about 120 in engineering between development, um, product, UX team, and quality analysts also. So about 120, I believe. And Take mobile? Them. Don't they fall in there? Yep, so mobile. So mobile, mobile have product analysts, yeah. developers. Yeah. Got a big team. Big team. Takes big team. Let's talk about stuff that's coming sooner than all this AI and AR stuff. Let's talk about one update that's coming out that you're just really excited about. This is our sneak peek part. Sneak peek. This is it. Okay. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Um, I think one of the exciting ones that we've got coming out, it's kind of two pieces here, but is to our QuickBooks integration. So um, one piece of feedback we've been hearing for a long time is the ability to pull uh, expenses back that are just input into QuickBooks and pull them into Build-A-Trend. So that is one that we've got coming out here towards um, sometimes start of September or so. We'll have that coming out for our customers where instead of having to initiate you know, cost inside a Build-A-Trend, they'll actually be able to pull it right from your QuickBooks into Build-A-Trend. That's a great thing for new customers that maybe aren't ready to take the leap right into bills or purchase orders inside a Build-A-Trend yet to really ease that onboarding where you'll have access to all of your financials right away. And there's no barrier of entry on that. It's going to allow your field managers, uh, your project managers to have access to their budget against their estimate at all times uh, versus having to have access into your accounting system, which you know, a lot of business owners from talking to them don't want that a lot of their employees having access to that sensitive information. So that's a big one for us. The other one is uh, kind of a best practice that we're updating here. So previously to, to get information sent to QuickBooks, you had to mark it as paid and build a trend and kick it across over to QuickBooks. And that's when it would show up. We're actually updating that to where you'll be able to bill it from build a trend to QuickBooks. And when that payment or that check is actually made in QuickBooks, it'll feed back and update Build-A-Trend. So now your status is when items are paid are going to be totally in sync, reporting's more up to date. So just setting best practices. So those two updates to the QuickBooks integration are going to be fantastic and really, uh, in my mind, take us to the next level of what we've done on the financial side of things. 
Yeah, I've actually had the privilege of seeing this prototype QuickBooks Sync in action, and it is amazing. Like, the team has done amazing work, like how seamless this was working, even in its prototype stage. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, and you run into so many instances where information's just not going to originate and build a trend. You know, QuickBooks has the ability to link, like, credit cards to their uh, invoices area or their payments area. So information like that, where it's double entry to get back and build a trend, yeah, that's not a worry anymore. Same thing if you're working with a big box office store, uh, they may automatically add that information to your QuickBooks for you. Now that information can come back and be viewed and build a trend without having to do the, kind of the double entry by the accounting team. Incredible stuff. Let's talk about how people can be a part of this process more. Because again, we value everyone's feedback. Uh, how would somebody, if they have a idea or suggestion, how do they get that to the product team? Yeah. So. One way that we'd really like um, every user to take advantage of is available within the uh, question mark up in the top right-hand corner, build a trend. Underneath that, there is a uh, give feedback loop. Once you do that, it takes us, it takes you to our user voice channel. And inside of that user voice channel, we've got any submission that customers have made. You'll be able to review any of that information, filter it down. Um, you'll also be able to comment if you want to provide extra context on any of the submissions that are there. Uh, you can also submit new submissions if you're not seeing that idea already posted by another user. Or you can go through and upvote things, uh, which really give us the ability to, number one, um, update those customers as that feature, that new project is moving forward and it's got updates to it. We'll go ahead and you'll actually be linked to receive email updates as that project is progressing through. And then another cool thing that comes out of that is uh, we'll also use those feedback groups, those groups that are kind of giving feedback on certain projects to vet solutions before we even develop them. So that's where our UX team comes into play. We'll get prototypes, wireframes out to those users that have upvoted them, let them take a peek first, see if it's meeting the needs of the, uh, the problem or the issue that they're providing a submission for. So user voice is fantastic. Um, the other option always is through our CS team, our customer success team. So as you're going through trainings or calling in, uh, feel free to share that feedback. They do a great job of working with our technical services team and making sure that feedback gets looped up to product and then it's vetted against all the other uh, feedback pieces that we've got coming into the funnel also. Awesome. And if people want to find out more about the updates that are happening, they could check out. Yeah, user voice is actually great for that too. So if you go into user voice, you can actually filter by statuses. You can see what we're looking into as far as what we're exploring, uh, what we're designing as far as the product team starting to develop or look into and break down. And then you also can see what's being built by our development team. So it's kind of the roadmap of builder trend that can be seen there. Uh, there is some fluidity to it, but as far as what's being built, it's a great idea of what you're going to see coming out in the Pipeworks. And you'll also see um, another option within that question mark where you can go to recent updates. And within that, you'll actually see them segmented out. So um, both of them are accomplishing the same thing. The nice thing about user voice, if you were to go to that path, is you'll actually be able to see the other customers, how popular it is, and provide some context to the feedback that goes along as far as how important it is to your business and maybe your idea of how it would work for your business and how you're seeing it implemented and build a trend. So two different access points to uh, go ahead and see that information at any point. You know what's nice about the recent updates? What's that? Is the guy who stars in the videos. Oh, really? Updates. Yeah, he does a good job. You're a big fan? Big fan. Oh, thanks. If any listeners want to see T Hollywood Tom Houghton in action, this is your best spot. Go to your Builderton account, go to recent updates, recent updates, and click on the first video. You're going to see our, our, our star. <laughs> there you go. Our star, star shining bright. Did you really just call somebody else a star? That's right. Oh, I'm amazed. That's right. <laughs> it happened here first. <laughs> yeah. First on the podcast. Amazing. There you go. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been a great chat. We want to wrap this up with the same way we wrap up every internal discussion is we want to get to know you a little bit. So we've got some fun fact questions to ask uh -oh. if you are prepared. We'll see. 
Maybe. We'll see. First question, you have a favorite sport that stands out amongst all other sports, correct? Oh, yeah. And that sport is? I'm a baseball guy. You're a big baseball guy. Yep. Not just like a small fan, big fan. Big fan. Previous to Billiton, you were a coach, right? Yep. So prior to starting at Billiton, I was a high school baseball teacher and coach. Um, also played baseball in college and still, you know, with the College World Series being based out of here in Omaha, it's kind of one of the things I grew up on as a kid is making my trips down in June to every CWS with uh, parents, friends, things of that form, which kind of got me started on it. And then, uh, yeah, still follow it very heavily today. Uh, big time Cubs fan. Um, and then also it kind of takes a back seat here come September, though, once Husker football season starts. You know, baseball season from about April till uh, September, and then uh, Husker football kicks up, and that's kind of where focus starts going here. You go. We should do an episode, like, for the kickoff the season. People know that we love Husker football because we're it's from true. Nebraska. Yeah. It comes up every time when you say Nebraska, so let me say it's Husker. So yeah. let's just stay on brand. Let's do a whole Husker-themed show. We'll do it. With the tunnel walk and everything. Producer Brooks giving us the dirty, <laughs> dirty eyes there. Okay. <laughs> Shooting us down we're, as we we're, speak. We're overriding that one Yikes. Time. All right. Okay. Maybe we'll go rogue. <laughs> All right. Uh, second question. If you could eat one food for the rest of your life, it might be your favorite food, might be the last food that you want to eat, what would it be? I think I got to go with lasagna, probably. Really? Wow. Yeah. Lasagna. Curveball. I didn't see that coming. No, me either. Whatever. What other answers have we gotten? Probably. Well, we never <laughs> asked that question. <laughs> no. And I didn't know Scott, that question was coming. Actually, Scott, if you oh, go he back said and cheeseburgers. Listen, yeah. yeah, cheeseburgers. That's right. Scott. Cheeseburgers. And yeah. he said, "And where where do you get it from?" He says he had cook his own. That's right. Spoiler alert! I guess now you can't. You don't have to go listen to that other. You can episode. still listen to the episode. It's still a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. Lasagna. Lasagna, though. Where's that coming from? I just love lasagna. I don't know. Hey, man, that's Italian it. food. It sounds like period. something that won't get too old. Period. Put a, put a period on it. I yep. love lasagna, bro. There you go. What about you, Tom? Fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> that is the fastest way to get a segment cut from the podcast is that accent. Tom, Tom grew up in England for all those who didn't know. There you go. Yeah. Now, what is it? What are you? I don't want to steal from his. It's this is his. Okay, this is his sure. podcast, right. well, not my podcast. Hey, we'll tease. Tom's gonna have to give an answer one of these episodes. Exactly. Tune not this one though. Yeah. Um, what has been the most surprising thing or experience that has happened to you this last year? Hard hitting questions here from Tom. Hard hitting journalism. <laughs> um, honestly, I'd probably say taking over in managing pro services when that came up. It was kind of out of the blue. Um. You know, we were changing it as a company at that point where we were deciding to um, really kind of elevate what we were doing with pro services and get somebody to oversee more of the day-to-day with that. So um, it caught me off guard when that opportunity came up, but it was definitely something that was fun. And, you know, with that, I got to go out and do a lot of our on-site consulting, go and visit about 15 of our customers, uh, fly around the country with uh, another one of our on-site reps, Daniel Martinez. And, you know, I had a great time doing that. I loved getting some FaceTime with our customers, getting um, real, and honestly, it set me up at a great path for moving up into the director of product role, um, getting to go on those visits, really understand the pain points that go into, you know, just trying to facilitate and get a, a system for your business and kind of take what you've been doing and change it and put it into um, a software at this point. So th- that was a heck of a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And it really, you know, again, set me up for um, what I'm doing now within our product team. Awesome. Great responses. Knocked it out yeah. of the park. Ah, I would, it there. Oh, yeah. Baseball call. Yeah. I, I probably, just in case your wife listens to this, I probably would have said something with the family, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cover your bases there. 
Well, now it's hey, two. Cover in your faces. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're... <laughs> We're out of time. It's the ninth inning, oh, bottom you, of the ninth. Oh, you yeah, went one too far. I tried. Should have just ended it. Tried. Anyway, uh, thanks, Eric, for joining us on the podcast today. Appreciate we really it. enjoyed getting to know you a little bit, hearing more about our product, our awesome product. Yeah. And uh, thank you. So if you're listening, check out recent updates. Check out User Voice. We want you want feedback, right? We want all the feedback that we can get. Some people think that we don't. We do. Uh, feedback's what made build a trend right. what it is right now. I mean, that's how it's gotten to this point. So that's going to be our lifeline moving forward and we'll appreciate any and all. Yeah. Check out the user voice. And then also we'll plug our podcast feedback line starting up here shortly. Oh, we're taking voicemails or something, huh? Yeah. That's going to be fun. So that way people can, you know, I love it. Ask more questions about build a trend, about one of our guests. What do you want to hear from the podcast? Yeah. Voice? Who, who do you want us to bring on next? Where'd you find this Paul Worth guy? <laughs> yeah, what, what qualifies me to be on here and whatsoever? Yeah. That's probably going to be the first, the first question. Yeah. I'm fine with that. All right, stay tuned for that. Want to share a suggestion for a future guest? Have a question about Belditrin that you'd like us to discuss? Or a topic that you'd want us to cover on the podcast? Let us know by calling and leaving us a message at 402-596-6437. That's 402-596-6437. And who knows? You'll maybe hear yourself on the podcast. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.